0: Hello and welcome to the Baseball Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host Adam Caster. Here, as always, my co-host Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you?
1: It was very weird to be in the good graces of Giants fans.
0: Yeah, I know. It was oh, really weird. Does it, does it feel weird to say nice things about Darren Waller, considering that you have basically, you know, just
1: over said a lot of bad things about him? Jake has been the captain of the Darren Waller hate brigade. Not me. <laughs> not me. But for the price that he's going for right now, it's okay. And if you have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about, fantasypros.com. high upside players. Yours truly is in the article. I gave my free picks for that. Darren Waller is a free pick. If you want to find out who the other two are, go to fantasypros.com. You read the article. It's an eight-minute read. It's good stuff. It's not just me. It's other experts from across the industry. Good guys. Good guys over there. So go Go give him a read and uh, put some cash in my pocket. Always much appreciated.
0: Yeah, nice plug there.
1: Thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm kind of getting good at the whole uh, the whole plug fantasy pros company man sort of thing.
0: This the self promotion. It's l- nice. l- Listen, listen.
1: Y- y- if if nobody else is going to self promote you, you got to self promote yourself.
0: Well, I mean, literally, that's the definition of the word. Nobody's going to self promote you. If
1: no one else is going you. to promote you, you got to self promote. That's what I yes. wanted to say. The, the words just get mixed up. I'm on like show 8 of the day. I'm no, like, I get it. Uh, I'm, I'm not even talking like a human being. It's just it's I, just I, good that I can come on this show and I could just let the curtain down and I could just be like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm just shot. So whatever <laughs> whatever comes out in probably the next hour 20 that I, I take no responsibility for <laughs> because that's always a that's can, always can, a good sign.
0: That's always a good sign. Yeah, Where it's okay. like I I am not associated with this shit.
1: The real the real the real Ed Birdsall is not associated is not associated with this sh- with this shit. No, no. You know what I do? You know what I actually did did watch last night, Adam. What did I you had, watch? I had a night off, and I was like, you know, I need something just kind of like wind down to obviously I watched Love Island because Love Island is amazing. And we we all we all know this. That Love Island is is, is my program. I, it's, it's just a terrific, terrific program. I discovered this is for all my golf people out there because obviously you know I love my love my golf and most most of humanity loves their golf. Most. 70% master the masters Their YouTube channel has the entire final round of the CBS broadcast when Tiger won. I went back and watched all five hours and 33 minutes of it. And let me tell you, it took me back. It it, it really took me back. I remember where I was that day and just I'm not really the kind of guy that cries over sports. It happens. It happen It's happened a couple times. Like usually, notably. it's not for positive
0: things. For me, yeah, I'm, anyway. I'm not
1: the. I'm not the kind of guy that like cries. Do I get pissy? Oh yeah, I get pissy. But do I like visibly cry? No. Hard, well, when I was younger, over I definitely
0: cried more over sports. I can over tell sports, you two. Yeah. I can tell you two specific times that I cried over sports. Oh, me too. Actually, maybe three. Uh, one. Was the Jets losing to the Steelers in the AFC Championship game in 2011? Cowboys,
1: Cowboys losing to the Giants in the divisionals. The one seed. Yep.
0: The second one is. I only need to say Alec Martinez.
1: That's it. That, Didn't cry. Did not cry over Alec Martinez. I I actually did not. And then, uh, the third
0: one was probably the Mets losing the World Series.
1: I cried tears of joy over that one.
0: I'm sure you did.
1: Oh, one of the greatest days of my life.
0: Yeah, the 2009 World Series was just so hard.
1: Couldn't they have both? Couldn't you have both lost? I now, I, let me tell you, I cried tears of joy of 2009 World Series. Oh my god, that was that. I, I, it's like that. Honestly, it probably is the peak of my sporting existence. To be to be quite honest, and it's quite funny because now the Yankees are like the team that I just care the least about. Yeah. And it's a full it's a full on indictment of the people that run the show and who are in charge because they make the they make the product so just terribly uninteresting. Like the Yankees lost nine to three to the New York Mets last night. It I couldn't give less of a bollocks. I mean, oh, that's bo- nice. I mean I'm gonna use I'm going to use something my good friend Jamie Carrick would say. Honestly, honestly though, I could give less of a bollocks. Like there are some people talking about it to me today. Like oh, the Mets beat the Yankees 9-3. I was like, I haven't watched baseball since opening day. Not even the home run derby was worth my time. I'm unfazed. I'm unfazed by this situation. The sports hiatus, still going strong. Still going very, very strong, with the exception of golf and tennis.
0: I will tell you the amount of, the amount that I care about the Mets season until so I watched highlights, I was like, "Oh fuck, they it's Yankee Stadium this time." And yeah. I actually forgot that they played two games. They already played at City Field, and they split both of those games. Right, so they split so you, those games. That's you're in the
1: same boat as I am of just like you could not get less of a bollocks. Well, it's because the Mets are just like, oh, and it's not it's not being a front runner. It's just the product is so uninteresting.
0: It's basically the the baseball equivalent of static on a
1: TV set. Yes, yes. Watching paint dry, static on a TV set. They win, woo. They lose, darn. Like I just don't have, and, I, and maybe this is me getting older too. Like I, I I don't I don't know, but I just don't have the same emotional investment as ba- in baseball as I do with, like, basketball with the Knicks, as hockey with the Rangers, soccer with, of course, the mighty Arsenal. Great team. And, of course, football with with the Cowboys. I mean, of course, I do this for a living, so I would hope I would be as upbeat and enthusiastic about about football. But I I also just love – I love football. I love soccer. I love hockey. I love basketball. Do I love baseball? And that's like a big question that I've asked myself, do I really love baseball enough? And recently, and this is even going back to when the Yankees were good. recently, the answer is I don't know. and that that's like a that's like a damn tough realization that is tough. Usually it takes going to a game to be like, oh, actually, I do love baseball and and, and that's the thing. That's the thing. It's like I even going even going into the Bronx. Going to the Bronx is a pain in the ass.
0: That's true. Even City Field, is a lot even, easier City Field
1: from, even City Field is City Field's not that bad. It's it's two trains.
0: Well, I mean, from you know, from where I grew up, it's super easy. Oh it's, yeah,
1: even from Port from Port Washington, it's, it's even simpler. It's great. So, yeah, but it's like, but it's like over the weekend. I sat on my sofa from 6 a.m. To about three thirty, and I watched Brian Harmon run away with the British Open. Watch that, no problem. There was there was never even a doubt that he was going to win that event. Yet, I still watched the entire thing because I just love watching golf. It's amazing. Baseball, I don't have the same giddy up to be able to sit down particularly during the summer when it's so nice out and to be honest i'm basically here doing fantasy stuff all day um ironically because ironically ironically exactly but i i'm never gonna get off of of like work and just be like you know what i'm gonna turn on a baseball game like no i want to watch i want to watch something that is just completely mindless like love island well, it's like one of the one of
0: those things that I really wanted to do, like in one of the summers of college, is just be like, you know, on a random weekend or even like a weekday, if like I'm not scheduled to work at either like a job or an internship, being like fuck it and getting tickets to a, to a Met game and just going to the ballpark. But I just never got around to doing it, and it's a, I always want to do something like that. Like it's one of those things like I've never seen a sport a sporting event by myself. I've never seen a movie by myself.
1: I've never seen this sporting event by myself. I've never seen a movie by myself, and I never will.
0: I want to, because
1: it's just like I don't know. It's cool. I I, I can't. It, it, have- it takes a special kind of character to do that, and that's just not me. I, I listen. I respect the people that do. That I'm not bashing them. I honestly, I genuinely respect those people. It, it, I respect them almost as much as I respect people that will go to a golf course and go out as a single. Like those people, my utmost respect because I what? could never do that. I'm also, I'm also not that confident in my game enough to just be like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna just, I'm going out there. I'm just gonna be a fucking ringer all day. Like, I just don't have that kind of confidence in myself. I know I'm good, but I don't have that kind of confidence in myself to just go out there and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be the same kind of ringer that I am with my boys. Like I uh, I'll be, you know, with uh, Jim, John and Joseph.
0: But are you? Yeah. Let's like, but are you playing with strangers? Good.
1: I guess. No, no, absolutely not. I about I need that camaraderie. I need to I need to bounce something off of somebody. I need the I need the license to say whatever the fuck I want to whomever the fuck I want, some vile, some not. But that's golf. That's golf. Like you yes. go you go out there and there are some people that something as simple as you know I go out there and my my classic line is, "Oh Ed" or something like, "Edward Birdsong, you suck, god damn it," something like that. Yeah. By the way, that Edward Bertzel, you suck, God damn it. That was also taken from Tiger Woods. Just want to put that out there. I, I can I cannot contribute, you know, the originality behind that. That was uh, that was taken from Tiger. Yeah. So it's to a great talk one. About, it, it really is a great one. It, it is.
0: It is. To talk about something that's like more related to me, just because you talked about golf and I can't relate as much. Sure. But like the cool thing about, and I think what attracts me, and I don't know why I haven't done it. But like what attracts me to going to the boot to the movies like by yourself is like comparing it to just watching something on TV, like you kind of make an event out of it where you're like, oh, cool. You know, you get to go to the movies, spend money on on snacks, whatever, take out a second mortgage on your
1: house to, to yeah. buy snacks. Yeah, you got that right. <laughs> so um, Especially going to IMAX. Oh my God.
0: Yeah. And then it's cool because also it's super comfortable there now with the reclining seats in a lot of the uh, theaters. And also you can like pick where you're sitting. It's a different experience from when we were growing up. And it feels more like, this is kind of like what movies are, have are meant to evolve into more it, or less. Yeah,
1: it's 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 a more higher end experience now. It's a lot cooler, honestly. Yes. Yes. Very much, very much so. But I, again, I respect, I respect the people that do it because I could never, yeah. I, I need also kinda... I need someone to bounce shit off of. Cuz listen. What goes on inside me capesa, no es bueno.
0: Like during a movie, you're not talking during during a movie. It's different. No, I'm just ta- I'm talking
1: about in general. I'm talking about in general. I mean, I I, I do appreciate my times when I am, you know, by myself and and I have my my alone time. But eventually, it's it, my he- my head is like a volcano. It builds and builds and builds and builds. Then finally, it, it it's it's gonna fucking erupt at some point. And then whatever comes out, then oof. That's so why I need that release. You need, you need that release. You know, would you rather the, the the several mini explosions, or would you rather the big Mount St. Helens explosion that wipes out everything in its fucking path?
0: Well, obviously, the first one.
1: Exactly. Which is yeah. which is why we we enjoy the the camaraderie. And I'm also playing golf on uh, on Friday. Six twelve. Six twelve AM Yeah. That's
0: that's part of golf that I'm just like, oh God. How? I could barely like it's hard to wake up early for
1: me. Oh, I love waking up early. I'm up I'm up early every day. Yeah. It's just I don't I don't see past I don't sleep past five thirty anymore. It doesn't matter what time I go to bed. I can go to bed at twelve and I know five thirty latest. Up, and it's like okay, guess what? The... Do, do, do,
0: do, do. Interesting. Well, our last tangent of these divisional previews, and we made it a good one—a nice philosophical dis- uh, discussion.
1: Yes, yeah, this actually was one that required like some thought instead of just rambling.
0: Yes, and you know, quoting movies and whatever.
1: Listen, I can I can quote I could definitely quote a film here and there. <laughs> don't tell don't tap me don't tap me
0: i will not uh just we're going into tap it in. just tap it in you know that film out of is that from uh that's not from happy gilmore is it no what's it from caddyshack golf movie it's from happy gilmore it is from happy gilmore yes
1: oh why didn't you say anything because I was waiting for you to say it with fucking conviction.
0: Oh, I. That's what. Why do you think I guessed Caddyshack? Because you said, because you didn't say anything. I was like, oh, I got this wrong. Oh, so I have to say something for it to be validated. Come on, had to be a man of your own convictions? Usually, usually, if I guess something
1: correctly, you're like, oh, yes, that's what it is. Normally, yes, but you have to say you have to say it with a bit of bravado. Okay, you're questioning yourself. I don't like when you question yourself. I have a bit of conviction. Okay, yes. Because ninety n- percent of the things that you say are correct.
0: That seems that seems a hot like a high percentage. That seems
1: <laughs> well, there are ninety percent of the of the things that you say are correct. Can you take a fucking compliment?
0: I'll take that.
1: Why do you have to fight me when I'm trying to compliment you?
0: Okay. I love Happy Gilmore, though. It's uh, Happy Gilmore is a
1: great movie. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, go in your home. Hot Don't take. you
0: want to go home?
1: Hot take. And I'm not I'm not an Adam Sandler guy. This has been much discussed on this podcast. I do not want this to be a tangent. We have a lot to get to in... This is already going to be like an hour and a half podcast, and I'm like dreading it. Um, what the fuck was I going to say? Oh, Happy Gilmore is a better film than Caddyshack extremely hot take i know but really well it, really yes, it's think, a hot I think, take i think so i don't think it's a hot take but i think there are a I lot of happy people gilmore. a lot of people right now who are just turning off this podcast because, because of what i just said
0: okay i mean
1: what do you I think I, you think be- I, I like caddyshack i like caddyshack a lot but happy gilmore happy gilmore has great rewatch value it does and where it's also really caddyshack. you can watch it like once or twice and you're just like okay i'm done it's really quotable. Yes, it's extremely quotable. It's like it's like um, it's like my cu- my cousin Vinny. My cousin Vinny, <laughs> in, in my opinion, you ready for this? I'm really gonna make people t- turn off the podcast. I'm feeling spicy today. My cousin Vinny is the most overrated movie of all time. See, that's saying a lot
0: of all time. Do you know how many movies? Do you know how many overrated movies are out there?
1: Tons, tons. My cousin, my, my cousin. I Vinnie. hear people talk about my cousin Vinny all the time and say how awesome and how funny it is. It doesn't oh, move
0: me, really. What they're remembering is like the last court scene
1: of the movie because that's the best part of the movie. Sure, sure, and that's a fair take. But in terms of the entire the entire film, it's like it, it's a solid five out of ten film.
0: You know what's a great movie that is in like my top twenty, maybe even top fifteen? Office Space.
1: Oh, we've talked about this. Yeah, we've ta- Office Space about is this. a yes, great it's a, movie. It's, it's a great take. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would put it in my top twenty necessarily, but top forty films. Yeah, yeah. We Adam, we need to get to the we need to get to the football. But I'm giving you this proposition proposition right now. Next week, we are going to do a Basement Talk podcast, and you are going. we are going to do a top 20 films list for both of us. Oh, That's all okay. the podcast is going to be.
0: I'm very excited for this.
1: That's it. No sports. So if anybody's looking for a sports podcast on Basement Talk podcast this week, you're not getting it. Just top, <laughs> top 20 films between the two of us, and we could just go. Oh, this is gonna be fun. I'm excited. Yes. yep, so get get your list together. Jake and I Jake and I are doing a mailbag that'll be out for you over the weekend. And then Jake and I, I think there was a plan to do rankings debates next week. I don't think we're gonna do it because I don't know if Jake's ranks are hundred percent ready to go. Um we will be doing like a top, you know, ten show, Jake and I, and then Adam, we will do. Our top 20 films on, on BTP. Peak summer content. So get get your list together. We'll do. Get your list together. And I will I will provide a challenge for myself. Okay. okay. Ready for this? Yes. Everyone knows my top five. Well, my new top five with Shawshank, Godfather Part 2, Oppenheimer, Godfather Part One, and uh Gone with the Wind.
0: Yes. Wait, what about Casablanca?
1: Oh, I didn't put Casablanca Fuck. Casablanca's in overgone with the wind. But those six films, those six films right there, yep. I cannot put in my list.
0: Well then, I mean, I get it.
1: Because I talk about them all the time. And and everyone's just gonna know. So basically four, three, two, one for me.
0: So basically you're doing a top twenty six.
1: More or less. Yeah but not with but those films are not in it. Yes. Those films are not in it. I take th- I take them out. So it's a okay. top 20 it's a top 20 without my top 6. So it's the best It's it's the best of the rest for me.
0: A best of the rest. Okay. Well, I'm just going to go full full throttle.
1: Of course, of course cuz we, we don't we don't know your top 20 fil- top 20 films. I talk about my top 20 films at least once every two weeks on this podcast.
0: Honestly, I don't even uh, I have to think about, like, what order they're in.
1: I know what exact movies... Which is, which is why you have exactly less than a week to to figure it out. But you have a whole weekend where you can sit on your thoughts. Yes. All right, well... All right, can we get the news and notes, please? Yes, because... It's <laughs> so long. Well, we have the, a plan for BTP next week. So all the, all the, all the cinephiles out there, BTP.
0: Very exciting stuff. I know this is like the worst podcast to pick to really go off topic because I, a lot literally of importance... I was
1: sitting there saying to myself like, fuck me, here we are going on the biggest <laughs> tangent of all time. And this is probably the most jam packed podcast that we have. Like, fuck.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not because of the NFC South, I'll tell you that for, for uh certain. It's yeah, because thank, of the uh, well, news. Well,
1: thank, thank God. Cause it's also the most bland division of all time.
0: Yeah. Uh, really what you're here for is this news and notes and yeah, Starting well, off,
1: well, NF, NFC South too is there. there are some yeah. interesting pieces in the NFC South, and a lot of a lot of question marks. I think people will have.
0: Yes. Um, okay. So first off, the big news: Saquon Barkley signing for one year, eleven mil. Interesting contract decision. Kind of back to square one,
1: almost. I just, I just love how they have the running back meeting, for you know, trying to reset the value, the market, uh, trying to get running backs paid more, and then what does Saquon Barkley do? He signs a one year deal worth with eleven million dollars when he could just sign his franchise tag worth ten point one. Oh wow, you held out over nine hundred thousand dollars, Saquon. What a fucking warrior! That, that, see, this is like this. This is where I go to war with Giants fans because they're they're like, oh, oh, our savior, Saquon Barkley, he's back. What 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 did he do? I, I mean, yes, yes, you'll have Saquon Barkley when he when he runs for 17 carries and seventy-five yards and gets stuffed by the Dallas Cowboys offensive line in week one uh, defensive line in week one. But he held out for over nine hundred thousand dollars. Are we kidding? And he will got one year.
0: Yeah, like you're gonna, we're gonna do prove, the same thing next
1: year. It's gonna be the same thing next year. Literally honestly I think the Giants are just gonna I, I think we let them walk. That's what that's what it says to me. That they're that they have no interest in tying to a long term deal. And they'll be like, all right, we'll use you we'll use you for one more year, we'll run you into the fucking ground, and then when you're looking for another deal next year, we'll let you walk as a free agent. That's what it says to me.
0: It's just so shitty what's going on with running backs in the NFL.
1: It's 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 a devalued position. It's a quarter. It's a quarterback league and you can't afford to pay everybody, unfortunately. But I mean, yeah, Uh, uh, listen, I'm not I'm not going to disagree.
0: It's literally like, well, I mean, I guess the only the best example I can think of in another sport is like probably first baseman in baseball. Sure.
1: In a way, in a way.
0: But like, can you imagine if the NHL was like, you know what? Defensemen, fuck them. Like we're just gonna not sign big name defensemen because oh, it's it, it's
1: know. it's different between the, between you know the NFL. There's fifty three men on a roster, whereas the NHL you have twenty five. So you could afford and and I I get it. You know the NFL. There's a lot more money in the NFL than there is in, in, in the National Hockey League. The, the National Hockey League salary cap was set at eighty six million which and is the less NFL than Justin salary cap is, is like 100 one like
0: 160. Year. Justin Herbert's going to make 100 million right. and and right. it's more it's more than the NHL's entire salary cap.
1: Bingo. Um just finishing up on Barkley really quick. He doesn't move for me in in my ranks. I have Barkley right now as my 8th player overall. He doesn't move. But what I will say is, if you have him in dynasty, I think this is an unbelievable time to get the hell out on Barkley. That's you, like what I was going to ask. You know it's he's like- you know he's going to be there. There's no doubts anymore about a holdout. I think this is an ex- if there is ever a time to get out on Saquon Barkley in a dynasty league, I think this is the time to do it. Well, the crazy thing is.
0: I mean everybody else knows that too. So depending on your league on your other league managers why like they they trade a hall for Saquon Barkley and they probably know that he he's going to be gone after a year. They'll be stuck that, with the same situation.
1: I dis- I I disagree. I I think that there are people that just are looking at Saquon Barkley and they and they're saying, "Okay, he's going to he's going to be there. You have a team that's looking to win this year. They could give a shit about what they what they're giving up." Because they're going to see Saquon Barkley, and if it's an opportunity to win this year, and it's a one-year sort of sprint to try and get yourself there in a dynasty league. you, I, I stand by I stand by this, and I don't want to talk too much about uh, Barkley. Because there's a lot of things to get to, and then a lot of rapid fire news and notes that I want to talk about, too. Um, there is no bigger triumph than winning in a dynasty league. A, a thousand percent. Winning in a dynasty league is the peak of fantasy football. You will never achieve anything greater than that. So if you can get Barkley for a year, he helps you win. And then after that, you're just kind of like, well, whatever happens, happens. Congratulations. Job done. Regardless of what you gave up. You win in a dynasty league, pfft, you, you don't care. You You don't care about the cost. But obviously, if you don't win... Then yeah, it's good, it's good, it's gonna it's gonna definitely suck. But I think it's a great time to get on Barkley in redraft. He's he has absolute appeal. Um, it's just a matter of if you're going to be comfortable doing it because we all know, of course, about the injury history that Saquon Barkley has.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it didn't really happen as much last year, but it's still lingering. Like he was healthy last year, and I mean, you'd have to think that maybe it was. Part of it was the just recovering from the ACL tear in twenty, like that he suffered in twenty twenty, recovering from that again, like still recovering a little bit in twenty twenty one, and getting back to full strength.
1: I mean, it's also a very very big concern when you have Saquon that has missed twenty games in in between twenty nineteen and twenty twenty one, and then. He played the full 16, of course, in his rookie year when he let the let the world on fire. And then last year, he was also very, very good. But the Giants, if the Giants are going to be competitive this year, you would expect them to throw the ball more. And you, you don't really know where that stands for Saquon. But if, like I said before, comes true, Saquon Barkley holds up. Giants feed him a crap ton. He's never had 300, 300 carries in a season. This could be the year that they give him those three hundred carries. If if that's the case, and if Saquon Barkley holds up, holds up with how talented he is and three hundred carries, you're talking about a guy that's probably a locked and loaded thirteen fifty yards guy and double the touchdowns, and he'll be comfortably worth taking him in round one. But there is still significant risk. Yes,
0: um, but that that's it for Barkley. So let's go on to Justin Herbert big contract for Justin Herbert
1: huge contract and I, I i'm waiting on old blue eyes joe burrow to sign his deal
0: oh that's going to be nonsense
1: it's going to be bigger than herbert's i can tell you that
0: yeah well i mean joe burrow's had more success
1: you would well, say and the main di- the main difference is that i think herbert is a very is a very good quarterback um i think people forget just how good Justin Herbert is after last year, when he—I mean, let's face it—he was playing hurt the entire year. He got cracked week two against Kansas City when he took the shot to the ribs, and yep. he played the entire year on that injury. I, I don't care what anybody says; he—he he was hurt the entire year. I know, and it's ridiculous that
0: Brandon Staley let him play. But honestly, well, I mean... you—you're
1: going to try and pull Justin Herbert? You're crazy. You're crazy. This is where we completely disagree. Try telling an athlete if they could go at fifty percent, regardless, regardless of the risk, regardless of the risk, that athlete is saying, as long as it's nothing neurological or nothing's broken, I'm going. Be an adult. Like how? Come on. How? Tell your player
0: who has cracked ribs that could risk even further damage to not play the most violent sport in the, in on earth
1: basically it's a business adam if the chargers don't play Justin Herbert they're not winning games they have to go out and they have to win games it's a results business you you cannot tell me that and from Justin Herbert's perspective either okay i've cracked ribs cool you or i cracked ribs oh my god we're 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 dead to rights but for someone who is paid to play professional football, someone who has played through probably worse pains in his career, you're going out there and you're doing what you can to win for your team, win for your teammates, win for your fan base. Justin Herbert is too, has too much pride to, to to sit out, but that's not that's not the basis of what... That should be his call,
0: but whatever. That's, yeah, no, that's a different discussion.
1: It should Justin be the Herbert, coaching staff. Justin Herbert last year was just very good. or he, he, He's just very good, period. Joe Burrow is a bona fide MVP candidate. He's going to win an MVP within the next two to three years, and probably a Super Bowl as well. Jo- Joe Burrow is is oh, blue eyes is incredible. But what it means for fantasy? Just be Justin Herbert's locked in. If you have in dynasty, congratulations. Um, doesn't move anything in my ranks for Herbert. It's my QB six.
0: Um and you have some rapid fire stuff also.
1: Yeah, I do I do have some rapid fire stuff. So let me just uh run through it very quickly. Of course, everyone saw the uh the the news that came out this week about Naeem Hines um when he had the knee injury, it's gonna sideline him for 2023. Terribly unlucky. And he was really doing unlucky. absolutely nothing wrong and was just in wrong place, wrong time. Um, but what does that mean now for the uh Buffalo Bills? I think James Cook could see an increase in in some receiving work, which would be very, very good for him. Obviously, now he's got to contend with Damian Harris there. But if we all know Damian Harris, not really much of a pass-catching running back. So if James Cook can really seize on this opportunity and get an increased amount of, of touches in terms of receptions, he could be viable as, as, a, as a nifty little flex option for you in your PPR leagues. Uh, let's see here. Jimmy Garoppolo did pass his physical, and he will have no restrictions in training camp. Good news for the Raiders. Zay Flowers is making a very early good impression with the Baltimore Ravens, uh, someone that I like a lot. Um, Someone's got to pan out for the Ravens receiving core. Rashad Bateman is number one right now, but there's no doubt given the injury history that Rashad Bateman has that Zay Flowers could potentially become that guy for the Baltimore Ravens. Stop me if you've heard this one before. Michael Thomas, uh, he feels really good. And that is according oh, to God. Saints General Manager Mickey Loomis. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely not. Never. Um, let's see here. Oh, Kadarius your, Tony.
0: Go ahead. I saw I saw your tweet actually when you're like, I'm not falling for this again under nope, <laughs> under nope, that nope. video of Mickey Fuck Loomis. That.
1: <laughs> Fuck that. Uh Kadarius Tony, he will be out for the majority of the preseason. Andy Reid is hopeful that he will be ready to go. For the Thursday night opener, Week One against the Detroit Lions, this is this 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 is just what Kadarius Tony does. He just is hurt all the time. It's kind of me saying that I'm if he's hurt already, it's not like gonna get better throughout the season. and just be even though I like Kadarius Tony and I think he's got a real shot at, at you know having a nice little season, I, I can't take the risk, especially where he's probably gonna end up uh, going in your drafts uh let's see here um we talked about justin herbert jonathan taylor was placed on the pop that's resulting from his arthroscopic right ankle surgery that he underwent in january Uh, he should be ready to go for the start of the regular season uh trayvon diggs signed a five year deal with the dallas cowboys love that big time Ah uh, Nick Bosa will not practice without a new deal. Brock Purdy has been cleared for training camp. This is very good news uh, because he's still recovering from the Tommy John surgery that he had, that he had well, the UCL surgery that he had it was a partially torn UCL um what? We'll do, be, on a pitch we'll be on a pitch count though so do we, we know that it was, if it was Tommy John or not it was a partially torn UCL. No, but like the surgery, just to repair uh, it. No, I'm just, I'm I'm not a doctor. You're more the doctor than I am. Uh, I okay partially torn UCL. I don't know what that sort of surgery would be, but I would assume if it's anything with the UCL, I would assume that it's some sort of Tommy John.
0: Yeah, maybe like I that's have. a caref- well,
1: That's a careful, not medically suited to make some sort of assumption. Assumption. That it was some sort of Tommy John, but he did have surgery on the UCL. That's that is fact. Uh, Justin Jefferson and the Vikings have held contract talks. Uh, Zach Martin did not report a training camp for the Cowboys. He's unhappy with his contract and wants that deal restructured. Hey, the fucking man, please. Uh, Jameson Williams dealing with a leg injury. That's awesome. Uh, he'll have six weeks to heal. So we definitely, we definitely know that. Uh, Cole oh, Komet sorry. signed a four-year extension with the Chicago Bears. Four years, $50 million. $32 million of that is guaranteed. Hayes like a top 10 tight end, so hopefully he gets he gets some more looks, but we shall see. Bryce Young was announced as the Panthers' QB1 by head coach Frank Reich, which is great news. Uh, Tony Pollard is being eased back into the flow of things. He also did say that he is ready to handle whatever workload the Cowboys are going to throw at him. Uh, Kyler Murray was placed on the pup with the knee injury. That's not a surprise. There's some hope that he'll be ready to go for week one, but that is highly unlikely if you were to ask me. And that is with my medical opinion also being put very much into practice. Uh, Kyle Pitts begins training camp with a knee brace on. Uh, he's recovering from MCL surgery. So that's not a huge surprise. John, which Mechie we will talk cleared. about in in a couple seconds. We'll, yeah, talk, we'll about talk about Kyle him Pitts. in a few seconds. John Mechie was cleared for the start of training camp. Uh, excellent news. Um, and it was, he's also been coming off of a hamstring as well. But obviously, um, with all that John Mechie has gone through, uh, it's going to be awesome to see him on our NFL field this season. Uh, Jordan Love, it's gonna take about half a season for the Packers to evaluate Jordan Love and see what they have in him. So at least he's probably guaranteed about eight or nine games as starter. And then where they go from there, if Jordan Love is not good, is anybody's guess. Uh Andrew Thomas signed a massive extension with the New York Giants. Five years, 117.5 million dollars with 67 million of that guaranteed. They have the blind side of Daniel Jones protected for the long term. Sam Laporta is seeing as many reps as humanly possible in um, in camp with the Detroit Lions. He's been seen with the first team, second team, and the third team uh, as they try and get him up to speed. Should have a clear crack at the opening day lineup for the Detroit Lions. Aaron Rodgers signed a two-year deal with the New York Jets, a reworked two-year deal, which sees him take a pay cut of around $35 million, which is... Wowza. Uh he does not need thirty-five million dollars, but I mean good for him for being a team player and, and taking that pay cut. Uh Gardner Minshew did take the first team reps on day one of Colts Camp. So Anthony Richardson, oh boy, uh he did well, operate with the second team.
0: Yeah. So I have a question about the Jordan Love thing. What are they gonna do? If the if after half a season they're like, oh we're, oh we're fucked you are gonna put in Sean Clifford. Like, what are we doing? Legitimately, no idea.
1: They don't have a veteran backup on their team. They could just decide to flat out tank and then hope they can get Caleb Williams. It would be the most classic Packers thing of all time.
0: Oh, I have. A, you 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 want to see this party trick? I have. It's called have a friend have a, fan, a franchise quarterback every year
1: for the past fifty years. Yep. Yep. Uh, Trey Lance did get the first crack at being the starter with the 49ers ones. So take that for what you will. Uh, T Higgins was spotted at practice Wednesday for the start of Bengals camp. He's entering the final year of his deal. T Higgins in a contract year playing for his cash. Just saying. Uh, And then let's see. Is there anything else here before I want to get to the big thing? No, there's not. Okay. So, from Nick Sirianni, uh, the Eagles head coach, said the Philadelphia Eagles are going to operate with a running back committee to start the season and is going to feature DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, and Kenny Gainwell with your sprinkling of Boston Scott when they inevitably, inevitably play the New York Giants and he scores one or two or three touchdowns. What a motley crew of uh, running backs. Very much so. Um, in short because we haven't even gotten to the divisional previews yet. In short, there is not a single Eagles running back that I want to go and invest in. Simple. I don't want to invest in any of them. It's going to take an injury, and the problem is, is that Rashad Penny has as equal of a chance of being injured as DeAndre Swift does, and DeAndre Swift has an equal chance of being injured as Rashad Penny does. So which one are you going to gamble on being healthy? I have no idea. I don't want to find out, and quite honestly, at the price that you're going to be paying to potentially land DeAndre Swift, which let me just look at the ADP for him on Fantasy Pros, he's going at round seven, which isn't terrible, but looking at the guys that are around him in Rashad White, Isaiah Pacheco, David Montgomery, I'd rather take a chance on all of them over DeAndre Swift, guys with clear roles and should get clear, consistent touches, whereas DeAndre Swift, who the hell knows what he's going to end up getting. So
0: You might as well just hold on to Kenny Gainwell, because at least he'll get consistent work, and then when the inevitable injuries
1: happen, then you have a guy there that can work out. Honestly, he might be the best value of the bunch. Kenny Gainwell right now, if I could find him, he's going 176th overall, Kenny Gainwell. That's awesome. Like, that that i think is probably worth it but now you know what happens with his adp um now that this news is out that he's going to be a part of a three-headed monster he might rise a little bit um but who who the hell knows but yeah that's it for the uh for the you know rapid fire news and notes let's uh let's get into the uh into the, the the previews because wow this is getting long it sure is all
0: right the atlanta falcons starting off with them Starting off with quarterback, it's gonna be Desmond Ritter, you'd think.
1: It, it's it's uh, gonna be.
0: So, I mean, you're not really investing in
1: in Desmond Ritter in fantasy. Oh, only in Superflex. Only in Superflex, yeah. but I what I will say is the options that he has at his disposal with Bijan, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts, the main options. They make him appealing in in, in superflex, but out, outside of that, no, not even not even the deepest fourteen team leagues would I would I really go after Desmond Ritter.
0: Yeah, he just needs to develop more. Honestly, staying this year,
1: just needs to well, play. Yeah. And he's, he's too much. He's way too much of a duck now. But does he does he have upside with the with the guys that he has at his, at his disposal? Sure, he does. I'm not saying that he doesn't, but. There are just other there are other guys that I think are, are, are more appealing than uh than redder I'd rather take the chance on a Brock Purdy than I would on on Ritter. Well
0: yeah, if you can if you can tell me that Brock is playing week one.
1: Even if he's not playing week one, say say Purdy's out until week three. I I'd rather take party. Still.
0: I guess so. Yeah. I would. Because at least Brock Purdy is, you know, proven value better offense I agree
1: he has something a Desmond better doesn't and and that thing I got two words for you Kyle Shanahan yeah all
0: right well that's easy so another easy position group to go over it's Bijan Robinson the running back
1: I mean I love him I love him he my bold prediction for him was that he's gonna be the RB1 and I'm still sticking by it. My RB3, but do, I would not totally count out Tyler Algier. Because I mean, man, the guy had a thousand yard season last year, and he's just about to be steamrolled by Bijan Robinson. It sucks. But what I will say is if you know you do take B. John Robinson in the first round of your drafts, very important you have Tyler Algier there because he is a clear handcuff to Bijan Robinson. I think he can get the job done. If, God forbid, something were to happen to Bijan Robinson, even though the drop-off is probably going to be fairly significant. Because, well, Bijan is Bijan. But is Algier a terrible option if something were to happen to Bijan? No. No, he's not. But Bijan is just generational, as we've talked about ad nauseum uh, on on this podcast. Love Bijan. Draft him in the first round with supreme confidence.
0: Yes, how do you disrespect BYU legend Tyler Algier? i will give him credit. Anyway, I whatever. Uh, yeah, he he's. It does it does suck for Algier because he did show flashes last year, and
1: he had the quietest thousand yard season of all time.
0: Yeah, and he was great in college. Um, the little that I saw of him when I, after I moved here, um, I only went to one game, but. I saw a little bit of him on TV, but he was, yeah, he's good. He has potential and yeah, it kind of sucks, but he could be a pretty solid handcuff Um, for Bijan.
1: He's a must-have. He's a must-have if you draft Bijan.
0: Yep, absolutely. All right. Uh, The interesting thing about the Falcons is outside of quarterback, obviously a lot of the position groups are just very top heavy where it's like, there's like one guy really though to talk about at each position. It's B. John Robinson, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts.
1: So yeah, Drake London, my wide receiver 21 in full. Um end of the season was very promising. Weeks 13 to 18, he was the wide receiver 20 and still did not score a touchdown in that span. The good news for Drake London is after him, who's next up on the depth chart? It's one of Mac Holland, so I think it's probably going to be. Scotty Miller, formerly of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then Kadero Hodge. There is nobody there that's going to take significant targets away from Drake London in the wide receiver room. So he is a target vacuum for the Atlanta Falcons. Easily a comfortable enough wide receiver too. definitely has low end wide receiver one upside with the amount of targets. He's probably going to command is thousand yards out of the realm of possibilities for him. No, it's not. He just needs to have the consistent quarterback play. And if you look at the the teams that are in the NFC South, it's going to be a common theme that we're going to talk about for all these receivers. Outside of Marshawn Lattimore, there really isn't that true dominant shutdown corner in this division. And and yeah, he's got maybe he has one in his own team in, in, in AJ Terrell. Uh Carolina may have one in JC Horn. But those are those are unproven guys that we really haven't seen yet. They're still young enough where you know we're still talking about them as potentially very good great corners, but not shut down level of Marshawn Lattimore. Could they make that jump this year? It's quite possible. And will Drake London see at least J.C. Horn? I mean, he'll see A.J. Terrell in practice, but will he see J.C. Horn and Marshawn Lattimore? He absolutely will. But despite that, I think the Falcons will move Drake London around. They'll get him more opportunities to get open. I think we could see a nice little uh, breakout year for, for Drake London. Like I said, I don't think maybe 85- and a thousand with six touchdowns. I think if you could guarantee that for a guy that you're drafting as the wide, as the wide receiver, see where he's going, he's going in round seven. I think that's, I think that's great. I mean, let's look at the PPR. Uh, 80, well, 80. that's so,
0: the problem though. Even better. Is, he's,
1: he's going 67th overall. Hey, that, that, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. But the problem is, is the quarterback play, you know, he can get all the targets that he wants. But, you know, he's not if he's not getting the ball consistently and also the Falcons might be terrible or at least a lot of the touchdowns that they score will be coming by way of B. John Robinson, like it's going to be
1: it's a tough sell for me for Drake London. I don't think the Falcons are going to be that bad. I think the Falcons, they are a surprise little package. They have everything. They have the skilled players on offense. Quarterback. Yes, unproven. But wait and see there. The defense is good, the offensive line is sneaky good, and they're in a division that is very, very winnable. So there's no reason why that the Falcons can't go into the year and say, "Look, we're we're contenders for this thing." And that's that goes for the Saints, that goes for the Panthers, that goes for the Bucks. This is a as wide open of a division as there is in football. And every single team in this division is going to be motivated and Ready to go to try to try and win this thing, and nine wins might be enough. Hell, eight wins might be enough to to win this division. Seven
0: seven wins might be enough for this division.
1: Maybe, maybe. But I, I'm loving the prospect of Drake London. But I will say he's in that group of receivers that I really don't want to draft from. That Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, tyrell lockett going all the way down to like Kirk Ridley, Hopkins, McLaurin. Sort of range. I don't really want to be drafting from those guys, but if I had to take one with significant upside, London and Watson would be the two that I would I would most likely uh, be going after, despite the questions about you know both of their quarterbacks. The upside with both of them is just tremendous. Where I think you know you know what you're getting with the likes of Allen Cooper, Lockett, Moore, you're getting very safe, very steady, very Adam guys, very bland. I like home run headers. I like guys that can put up big-time numbers. And if you're looking for big-time, big-time numbers, Watson and London can can provide those, especially London. Because there's nobody else, especially in the the wide receiver department. I mean, Kyle Pitts is Kyle Pitts. But we'll get to – actually, we can just get to Kyle Pitts right now. Kyle Pitts is – he's someone that has completely dogged the fantasy community for the last two years. I've been off Kyle Pitts for the last two years. This is the year where I'm in on Kyle Pitts. The third year breakout is a word. Maybe maybe we get it. Maybe we don't. But at the price, it's hard to ignore a guy that they spent a fourth overall pick on. And say, oh, yeah, he's just not going to be anything. Well, if there's a year to do it, it's this year. He's got to do something. He has to. It's got to be this year. Kyle
0: Pitts is one of the most vexing fantasy football players this year. Just because of sure. Like, you just literally you do not know. He nope. has shown, he has shown uh potential to be really great. He's been he's been hurt a fair bit. The offense has been inconsistent. It's a run first offense. Um and the quarterback play has been, you know, mediocre to bad for Atlanta. You know, there aren't a lot of things that are going in Kyle Pitts' favor. And
1: the Atlanta Falcons just traded for Johnny Smith. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Johnny Smith thing really doesn't bother me, to be quite honest. I mean, the everyone who's hopping off of the Kyle Pitts train after last year. Last year was bad. There's no doubt about it. The offense was terrible. Marcus Mariota was Marcus Mariota. Uh, he missed the last seven games, but his rookie year, he was a thousand yard player. The only thing I was missing was the, were the touchdowns, and the same theme continued last year. He can add touchdowns to his game, which is absolutely in his profile. At six six two fifty, he can add those touchdowns to his profile. We're talking about a potential home run hitting tight end at a position which really needs some home run hitters. So there's no reason why Kyle Pitts can't have the kind of season where we're talking about him potentially becoming another tight end option when we're looking at it this time next year and saying, okay, Kyle Pitts in round four, round five, definitely viable. But the floor is incredibly low. The ceiling is incredibly high. And it just yeah. comes down to where you are taking him. He's my tight end four. Not a lot of people are going to agree with that. A lot of people have more is there. Let's just see where the consensus has him. Uh, duh, 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 duh. The consensus has him. Wow, someone has him as high as, as tight end three in standard and, and PPR. Wow. The consensus has him as a tight end six. So I'm two spots higher than the, than the consensus is. That's A, a fault, lot of people by the have way. That's a tight end three. Wow. Hmm. Okay. I'm one of them as has, has a tight end four. I love I love Pitts this year. And it's just a matter of will I be able to get him in, in a ton of spots. I think the answer will be yes. For what, it's, what's for what it's worth as well, I'd like Pitts more than I like London. Yeah.
0: I mean, Pitts has more upside than London. But my question I is... I think they both,
1: they both have tremendous upside.
0: Well what what's Kyle Pitts' ADP? Did you say that?
1: Uh Kyle Pitts' ADP is sixty-fifth overall.
0: Sixty-fifth overall. So like round five? Round six, seven. Or round, round seven. seven. That's great. Yeah. I guess. You guess? Yeah, sure.
1: Okay. Where yes. would you be comfortable drafting Kyle Pitts? Mr. Discount.
0: <laughs> Mr.
1: Discount. But, but this guy sees Terry McLaurin in round five. Oh, I got to snap that up. <laughs> the most boring receiver of all time. Whatever. You like your floor guys. It's okay. Yeah, I do. And I like my ceiling guys. Kyle I think Pitts is the round... definition of ceiling. Yeah, definition. You're you're gonna be the guy that goes out and dress Dallas Goddard. That that is like the classic Adam tight end. 60, have... sixty catches, sixty catches, seven hundred yards, four touchdowns, and Adam's was like perfect.
0: I'd rather have him in round seven over Kyle Pitts.
1: Oh no, 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 no! I, I, at the same price, I'd rather have Pitts over Goddard. Easy, easy. Pitts Pitts could score eight nine touchdowns. Got it. There's no way. Could there's there's no way that that Dallas Goddard is ever going to score eight nine touchdowns unless unless something happens to AJ Brown or Devonta Smith, then it becomes viable. But your bank you're banking on it on on an injury for Dallas Goddard to even come close to that number. He's been he's been a four five three four three touchdown guy every year. Dallas Goddard. Yes, you, you like the consistency. But here's the thing. Oh, many- no, I don't like the consistency. You
0: love the consistency. I do like the consistency. So here's the thing. How many touchdowns are in this offense? How many of them are going to be John Robinson? What does that leave for everybody else?
1: There's a wide range of outcomes. If Desmond Ritter is good, there's the potential for this offense to be a 35 to 40 touchdown unit with Ritter getting 25 touchdowns, Bijan getting 10 to 12 and then sprinkling some to Tyler Algier and then maybe, maybe Mommy gets, gets a touchdown. If Ritter is not good and the offense is kind of stinky, they might struggle to score 30. It's a yeah. big risk. It is a big risk to go and invest in in the Falcons' passing game. Bijan, I think, is going to get his. I think there's no risk at Bijan, but it's yeah, it's not an anti Falcons thing. You're taking a huge, huge risk in round seven. Come on, see, I, but I don't think it's a huge risk. I really Powell don't. How Pitts is? It is. No, it's not. It's round seven. You just said. Then... It's round seven. It's risky to go and invest at, if you're, if, if it's round five, that's risky. That's incredibly risky. And the price, I mean, we're still, we're still about a month away from drafts being in full swing. People still haven't gotten really into the swing of fantasy. ADP still has to adjust. If we get to a point where Kyle Pitts is pushing round, high end round six, low, at, low par round five, same thing with Drake London then I will say that's a risk. But around seven, that to me, that's not a risk. To me, the risk zone is one to five. That is where I would love to avoid risk if humanly possible. Outside of that, you want to take your swings? Go for it.
0: Yeah. It's either, for tight ends, it's like either get one of the top guys or... Just wait until the double digit rounds
1: and find I, somebody. I see. I disagree. I, I completely disagree. I think that there is there is a middle gap where you don't need to be drive. You don't if you don't want to drive in your Ferrari F four fifty at Italia, you don't have to. But that doesn't mean you have to s- step down to your nineteen eighty six Toyota Avalon. You could still well, drive. Mean... You could still drive around in a very very nice uh, Acura MDX.
0: Yes, and I know those are very nice cars. But... They are.
1: That's my point. Whereas you know, Pitts, Kittle, Goddard, Fryermouth, Waller, Ingram, that's an okay range. I'm good with drafting tight ends, tight end in, in that range. It really just comes down to where are you taking them. Like if you're taking if you're taking Pitts in the same area as Hawkinson, I have a problem with that. I have a huge problem with that. But if you're taking Pitts in the same area in like round in like late round six. I'm fine with that because the return on Pitts, say you're taking Goddard in round six. What's the maximum return you're getting out of Dallas Goddard? Round six return? Maybe, maybe he gets you into round five. What's the maximum return of Kyle Pitts? He gives you round four, round three return. That's that, that is just everything with fantasy football. That is, that is fantasy in a nutshell. It's like the market. It's like investing in the stock market. Am I going to go for a penny stock that might only return if I'm going to buy 1,000 shares in a penny stock? Am I going to be happy with a 10 cent return? Or am I looking to get two or $3 at 1,000 shares? That's the point that I'm trying to make is Goddard's nice if you're looking for safety. Goddard's really nice. I'm not saying that he's not. I'd like Goddard. But the home run swing is Pitts. Yes. And that as of now, where Pitts is going, I'm comfortable with taking that swing. And if it misses, I tried. And tight end is is a fine, is a, I shouldn't say fine, is a shitty enough position where if it doesn't work. Odds are there are other tight ends in that range that aren't working because the only two things in fantasy that are really guaranteed are Kelsey being good and Andrews being good, especially at, at the tight end position, at least. Outside of that, crapshoot. Anybody could be good, anybody could be bad. It's true. I,
0: yeah, it, whatever. It's just not for me. That's it. Yeah. It's, I'm not saying, I'm not saying like my opinion is fact here. It's just, it's not for me.
1: I can't wait to see the tight ends that you draft. I can't wait. The most Adam picks of all time are coming. And I and they better be on the on the record.
0: Well, they're not gonna be
1: it's not gonna be Kyle Pitts. No, but it'll probably be someone like David and Joko.
0: No, it's probably no, it's Pat Fryermouth.
1: How could you how could you how could you be on Pat Fryermouth? You you hate Kenny Pickett. That'll probably be like Jimmy Graham. Hey, we'll get
0: to that in a second.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Jimmy Graham. There was the return of Jimmy Graham. You know what? Fuck it. Let's go to New Orleans. Sure. We're going to go out out of alphabetical order. We're going to go to New Orleans. And we're going to talk about
1: uh Carr. I'm going to shut the fuck up. You want to take this one? Go for it. This is your guy. This This is your guy. Oh. <laughs> on the on the theme of Adam guys, oh my life! There is no more Adam guy than Derek Carr.
0: The not anymore. Child, not anymore. He, I just don't think Derek Carr has it anymore, and this offense is getting is not great. Interesting.
1: I, I actually kind of like Derek Carr.
0: This I actually kind of like him. What do we switch bodies? Like this is weird.
1: I mean he's boring. He's incredibly boring. I'm not saying I'm not saying that he's you know he's like Brian
0: Tannehill. He's but low floor, low floor, low fee- uh low ceiling.
1: Exactly. That that that's exactly it. In super in super flex, he's a viable QB three. 14 team leagues, he's a fine QB 2 12 team leagues, you're not drafting him.
0: Yeah, that's I'm not drafting him.
1: But in, in, in my Superflexes, flexes, will I be targeting him potentially as a QB three? Someone that's safe enough. Sure. Sure. I think, could a be change, a matchup I think guy. a change of scenery will be good, will be good for Derek Carr also. He could be an interesting like bi-week filler, maybe. But a uh, QB's so deep, though, in 10 and 12 team leagues, so deep. Like you could probably yeah. find Russell Wilson, Jordan Love, Kenny Pickett, someone on the on the waiver wire that you can go and pick up and start over over settling for Derek Carr.
0: It's yeah, it's not great. Even though he is going up against Pretty bad defenses in his division. I just don't I don't like it for Carr. Granted, my Derek Carr thing was from like three years ago when he was good.
1: Old habits, old habits die hard. Whatever.
0: Anyway, so that's that. Um, we're not talking about your your guy on this team who also plays quarterback because
1: standing on the know. corner Jameis Winston New Orleans Louisiana such a fine sight to see it's another pick my lord put it on the scoreboard oh wait it's a T-E-D. that's fun I love uh, him. I love him. Yeah. he's awesome
0: so let's go and talk about the running backs uh, what do you know about well I guess Alvin Kamara didn't get What's the deal with that <laughs>
1: Who the hell have I Um, know? I'm so confused. We're just waiting for something. We're waiting for something. Um, If you're drafting a best ball, Alvin Kamara is worth the stab. Because I would imagine if we were going to get a suspension, we would have heard it by now. I still think he will be suspended. But the fact that he hasn't been handed a suspension yet is interesting. I mean, it's almost August.
0: Like, either suspend him or don't suspend him. Put it this way.
1: If Alvin Kamara is not suspended for whatever reason, I'm not going to get into the logistics of it. Should he? Shouldn't he? I think he will be. But if he's not, Alvin Kamara is a borderline RB2. Make a case to be a steady RB2 in PPR leagues.
0: Well, that's the thing. He was healthy for a lot of last year.
1: And yes, he... but I I think the difference now is look at look at what Josh Jacobs had last year in terms of catches with Derek Carr. Josh Jacobs, very quietly the last two seasons, has been very consistent in the receptions department. He had fifty, fifty three, and fifty four catches respectively. We know Alvin Kamara. When Alvin Kamara was Alvin Kamara at his peak. He was a PPR monster. I think Derek Carr, check down merchant, is great for Kamara in terms of getting him to space, letting him make plays, having him catch those passes, and it's a good boost to his PPR status. But the suspension looms. If he was not going to be suspended, I would like Kamara a whole lot more But the two things working against him are, as Adam pointed out, the offense for the Saints is a little bit wonky, and then the suspension. I think he's going to go. I think he's going to be suspended. And that opens the door now for Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller. Jamal Williams, I think, would be the guy. But Kendra Miller, if he were to pop out and he were to potentially perform, that wouldn't surprise me because Kendra Miller is so talented. I mean, he carried, carried TCU at times last year when when Max Duggan was just not it. They turned to Kendra Miller, and he was unbelievable. Can Kendra Miller be that for the Saints? He definitely can be, we'll get the opportunity to do so. That's another thing entirely. But it's a wait and see, definitely, with Alvin Kamara.
0: Also noted BYU alum, Jamal Williams. Did you know that? Did you yes, know that I Jamal did. Williams? Yes. ex Cougar. Yeah. Go Cougar. Go Kooks. Uh just the, the NFC South, just the home for BYU running backs, apparently. Indeed. Even though there are only two of them at the moment in this division. But um, yeah, that's that. Honestly, at like we're at the position at the ADP. I'd rather have Jamal Williams over Kamara, over Al Kamara.
1: Well, if you're drafting best ball right now, Kamara would be the guy that I would go for.
0: Are you well in best ball? Do you not? Do you draft? You don't draft. It's you do draft. Like all, you
1: you draft. do draft. You, you just don't set your lineups.
0: Oh, it gotcha. just
1: it just takes the best scores and and fills and fills it in. Best ball, best ball. Kamara is the play, but. As of now, there's no suspension, and we're operating under the assumption that Kamara is playing. And if Kamara plays, Kamara's the RB1. I just get worried that with this tandem here, Jamal Williams is the Thunder, Kamara's your Lightning, and maybe there's some touchdown downside for, for Kamara. But as of now, Kamara's playing.
0: All right. Well, next up, we—you already talked about how you're not drafting
1: Michael Thomas. So what's not? Nope. 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 I urge everybody to read the high upside players column on Fantasy Pros. Urge strongly. Urge actually.
0: Well, you don't talk about Michael Thomas. You talk about Chris Olave in that, yes. I assume.
1: Yep. Love. Well, f- Love Chris Olave. One of the bold one the one of the predictions. The first, it's like the first line that I put in there under Chris Olave. The bold uh is like my bold prediction. Chris Olave is a first round fantasy pick next year. Wow. I love him. I love him. The Guy, the guy is he's a star. He is a star. Draft. If you could get him top end of round three, <clears throat> Bravo. If you could do that. I think he's excellent. If you were to go zero RB, here I am, zero RB again. I put my zero RB cap on. If you go zero RB and you're able to go as wide receiver three, you're able to get Chris Olave. I would love that. Love that.
0: Yeah, I would too.
1: And I would also just want to point out as well, because, well, I just don't trust Michael Thomas to stay healthy. Um, this is – I never say I want to project injuries. Michael Thomas is a safe projection that I could probably make is going to miss some sort of time. Rashid Shahid, remember the name. I think he could have a part to play, especially as your go-route, deep ball, deep threat option. I think Shahid could potentially be that guy and could also see some time in the slot and then maybe outside if they decide to move Michael Thomason or Chris Olave in.
0: All right. Good to know. Um, and then tight ends. Miraculously, Taysom Hill is still here.
1: Still here. I'm not drafting him. Jimmy Graham back, not drafting him. Uh, I I kind of like Jawan Johnson. I kind of liked him. Uh, but now that, you know, they have Jimmy Graham and still Taysom Hill there. Uh, yeah, no, no, I'm kind of out now on Jawan Johnson. But if there is one that you really, if you're saying, Oh my God, I really want to have a Saints tight end on my fantasy team, which one should it be? Jawan Johnson would be the one.
0: Yeah, said so no one ever. Said oh, no really? one
1: ever. Yes.
0: Yes. Okay. Uh, next up, anybody else with nope. New Orleans? Good. All right. Next up, the Carolina Panthers. And their quarterback situation, well, they already said Bryce Young will be the QB1,
1: with I assume Andy Dalton
0: backing him up.
1: Yeah, Andy Dalton will be backing him up. He kind of has a similar, the similar problem to CJ Stroud, but different in CJ Stroud doesn't have options, but he has a lot of potential. Bryce Young has a lot of options. But there are a lot of mid options. The very, very, very mid. Your Adam Thielen, yeah, like, who- your Therese Marshall, DJ Chark, DJ Chark, doo, 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 DJ Chark, and my guy, Jonathan Mingo, who we'll get to uh, in a minute. One of these yeah. guys has to break out for Bryce Young to be any sort of steady. Uh, super flex option, he's fine. 10, 12 teams, no thank you. 14 teams is QB2, sure.
0: Yeah, you know what's kind of interesting? Uh, What go, well, this is more, this is not a fantasy thing. This is more of just like a stream of consciousness curiosity. What do they do with Matt Corral?
1: You're probably the only person on planet Earth that is thinking about Matt Corral. Well,
0: it's because I'm, I'm looking at the roster. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. They they drafted Matt Corral. He had injured in preseason. He was out, for, he hasn't played a game. He's their QB three. And he's their QB three. Next. People had him going in the first round
1: and second round. Oh, Adam God. Adam, I just want you to know Matt Corral loves you right now for giving him attention. Because you might be the only person on planet Earth. that has mentioned Matt Corral's name in the pre-draft process. Probably. You're welcome. Without question. You're welcome. Without question.
0: You're welcome for the exposure. It's just, I was just looking at it.
1: I was like, oh, I wonder what's going on there. But, yeah, anyway. Uh, His his chances of being uh, viable for the Carolina Panthers are uh, muerta. Very much so. That's dead for any of the non bilingual people
0: here. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't call myself
1: bilingual. I just know like a tiny bit of Spanish. I would call myself bilingual. I am mucho goodo in uh, in Spanish.
0: Yes. And I would know because we took Spanish together in college. True. True. <laughs> true. I spoke a lot then. I was not speaking Spanish. No, you were not. No. Uh you could you could hear it from three classrooms down it was not whoops (laughs) yeah whoops Um, next up is Miles Sanders Miles Sanders is I just don't different team I got burned by him a bit last year the journey was horrifying uh, with Miles Sanders I just don't I don't feel comfortable doing it again
1: he's awesome he's awesome Draft him. What? Draft him, draft him, draft him. Yes.
0: Well, I mean, yes. he's like, he's
1: going to get the ball a lot, but yeah. Volume. Most important thing in fantasy. Volume. He's going to get it. He'll get you 200 plus carries. He'll probably get you over a thousand yards. The touchdowns might be a little underwhelming. That might be part of the problem with investing in Miles Sanders. And if anybody has the issue with Miles Sanders, it's probably because of that and the fact that, well, Miles Sanders is still Miles Sanders, and he has a he has a tendency to be a little inconsistent, which is fine. It's a, it's a let it be fair somebody fair else's fair problem. Um, let's see, I'm going to let
0: somebody else draft Miles Sanders and have fun with that.
1: All right, it could be me. That's cool. Okay. I'm, cool. I'm good with that. Go with that. No problem. Have fun. No problem. Give me that in, 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 round, in back part of round five. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, especially if you're – you're starting zero RB. Oh, you start zero RB. You can get Chris Alave, and then you go with Miles Sanders as like one of your top running backs. Oh my god! You go. Oh my. Oh, oh not On you go. Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, then Chris Alave, T.J. Hawkinson, then some way somehow you get Miles Sanders. That that team is silly. Oh, that team is silly. And then maybe you maybe you could swing like a shot White or a Cam Akers, or. If the ADP doesn't rise on Alexander Madison by then swinging Alexander Madison. <laughs> Mwah. Yeah. Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders. I like a whole lot downside inconsistent. The touchdowns might be a bit of a problem. And honestly, he's probably not going to get you more than 30 catches. So for PPR might hurt you in that, in that department, like him more in half and a non than I do in full, but Still in full, he's a top 20-ish guy. Yeah, it's whatever. He's in that dead zone. He's in the dead zone of running backs that I that I just kind of like, eh, but uh how about he's he's very meh for me.
0: Because he burned you, that's why. And you hold yeah. grudges. Yeah, I do.
1: No, I don't. I don't hold grudges. If, if there's anything you'll know about me, it's that I hold grudges. I don't hold grudges. I do I do not hold grudges. Bygones or bygones. New year, new team, hopefully, new player, Miles Sanders. I mean,
0: better situation, worse team. Maybe well, better than you Yeah,
1: I don't know if you could say he's in a better situation now with the with the Panthers than he was that he was with the Eagles. The Eagles are a top three, if not five, if not three, offense in the league. Um but he should dominate most of the backfield touches for, for Carolina, which is good which is something that he didn't do consistently in Philadelphia. Well, he did it last year. I mean, last year, my God, he was, he, for the entire season, he was great. 260 carries. I believe it was Uh shade under 1300 yards and 11 touchdowns. Yeah. Well, the journey wasn't great. No, it's, the journey, the journey was at times very ugly. Journey yeah. was at times very, very ugly, but i um, When Miles Sanders popped, he popped. When he didn't, oh, he didn't.
0: He did not. He very much didn't.
1: He was very boomer busty. And as, as we've established on this episode, Adam does not like boomer busty players. Well, yeah. He would rather 15 points every single week versus 25 one week and 10 the next.
0: Consistency is nice.
1: Is there anything that I'm saying that isn't inc- that is incorrect. Consistency is nice. I like swings. I like guys that can win me a week because I'm gonna remember. I'm gonna remember the guys that win me a leak, maybe win me a week versus the guys that lose me a week.
0: Anyway, let's go. We we still have a lot to go through. Um, the wide receivers for the
1: Carolina Panthers. All hideous I'm not drafting any of them except for Jonathan Mingo. He is the highest upside of the bunch. Yep. I don't have – let me just uh, do a quick little check. I don't think I have a Carolina Panther inside my top 48. No, I don't. My highest Carolina Panthers receiver is Adam Thielen at 57. But then wow. I have Shark at 59. And then I have Mingo at sixty one. That's not great. Yeah, no, no, I no, I want no part.
0: Uh, and then lastly, is Hayden Hurst a guy?
1: I mean, on he's, waivers. He's tight end. What's a tight end's best friend? You mean oh, what's a, what's what's a, a young qu- quarterback's best friend? Sorry, Reese uh, Marshall's ADP. Uh, is, we're playing Jeopardy actually so you have to put the, put, yeah, put the answer is, first is, yeah uh, it's true thank you Trebek a young quarterback's best friend is his, is his tight end so is it possible that, that Hayden Hurst sees something yeah absolutely but am I willing to go take that chance not really no
0: yeah me neither
1: the Panthers just feel like a big fat waste of time with the exception of Miles Sanders
0: Uh, depending maybe included I don't know. Anyway, last but not least, the division champions, who who knows if they actually repeat because this team looks a lot different than it did a year ago when we talked about them. And who retired Tom Brady? We thank you for your service in
1: retiring Tom Brady. We thank you for your service. Yeah. You know what? Everyone, everyone who says the Cowboys do nothing in the playoffs can hold me. Because guess what? How many of y'all have beaten Tom Brady in the playoffs? Huh? Huh? Ah! Yeah. We beat beat Tom Tom Brady in the playoffs. I've seen four playoff victories in my lifetime. One of them was against Tom Brady. So, ha ha!
0: I can say the exact same thing.
1: It's glorious. Plus, like, you or maybe a couple
0: yeah thank you to great. the Dallas
1: Cowboys thank you thank you thank you
0: thank you for your service in retiring tom brady
1: because fuck that guy love tom love tom he's got a new girlfriend now she's quite attractive good for him uh, i i've not been keeping up oh you have to i keep i keep up with the tabloids all the time yeah uh, i'll pass on that she's she's great she's great i wish them nothing but the happiest of life together
0: Okay. Well, anyway, Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, John Wolford. No, no, <laughs> and no.
1: Those are your three quarterbacks. Not even super flex. No, Have no, and that. no. Oh, fuck. Very simple. No, no, and no. Uh, we can move on.
0: Yes. The the fancy equivalent of just going, oh, fuck.
1: Uh, Death. Death.
0: Not great. Uh, which is a shame because the rest of the offense is actually, you know, has some, good, has some good pieces. Appealing. And, you know, they could, if only they just had consistent quarterback play. mm mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's go to Rashad White at running back here.
1: I love him. I love him. I don't know if the ceiling is extraordinarily high, but the floor might be in, in, in full-point PPR. Uh, I like him a lot. My RB twenty two, yeah, I could definitely get in on a price tag that is sitting right now in round six. I'm I'm good with that. Yeah, unexcited. And I mean, though. very unexcited.
0: If Baker Mayfield, if Baker, if Baker Mayfield is the starter, and if he can be like twenty twenty Baker Mayfield, then this offense has potential, at sure. least. Sure, but yeah, and I, I mean, I like Rashad White because I feel like they will, either, whether it's Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask, I think they're still going to run the ball a fair amount. And now there's no Leonard Fournette
1: there, so well, they're going to have to throw. The, they're going to have to throw the ball, whether they whether they want to or not, they're going to have to throw the ball. And, no, I know. And they have the they have the options to do it. I mean, they're not going to just ignore Mike Evans and and Chris Godwin.
0: mean you're right you're right but yeah there's there's some
1: major major streaks on the line for these bucks receivers (laughs) mike evans the thousand yard streak he's gonna get it like can you imagine just some some... way somehow mike evans is gonna get a thousand yards
0: literally divine divine intervention is gonna be like mike evans you have a thousand yards
1: congratulations well he got it last year because he had 200 and some odd yards in I the, know in the last game of the season, but hey, he got it. That's all that matters. Straight um, out of Madden. That's what that was. I'm willing to take a chance on Godwin. I'm not really in on Evans, but if you can get Evans as a wide receiver for just because his name is Mike Evans, I would love that. Um, with Chris Godwin, this is really the name that I wanted to to mention and bring up because of course, Chris Godwin is, you know, your, your PPR merchant. In half-point PPR, his fantasy points per game ranks by year since 2019. 2019, he was the wide receiver 2. 2020, he was the wide receiver 15. 2021, he was the wide receiver 6. 2022, he was the wide receiver 15 in fantasy points per game. Chris Godwin is going as the wide receiver 30 in drafts right now.
0: Wait, he was the wide receiver, too, with Jameis Winston?
1: In fantasy points per game, yes. Oh, that's crazy. There may not be a better value at the wide receiver position than Chris Godwin right now, because he is really damn good. But, of course, the offense is stinky. So you you have to weigh out risk versus reward. Does Chris Godwin offer you a great enough ceiling where you could take the risk to try and go and get him. Because we've seen Godwin be really, really good. He's been very, very good for the last four years. Been a top 15 wide receiver points per game basis since 2019. Every single year. But do you want to go and invest in the Bucs? And is are the Bucs going to be an offense that you're saying, wow, at the end of the year, wow, I won my lead because I'm a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I'm not quite sure. But. Yeah, me neither. The statistical analysis is behind the Bucks' receivers. But that was also with Jameis, who is the greatest quarterback in the history of the National Football League, and some guy named Tom Brady. Yes. Well, yeah, it's a bit of a drop-off this year. between. Oh, I thought you were saying between Jameis and Tom Brady, because I would completely agree. A massive <laughs> drop-off. I agree as well. A huge drop-off. Sucks.
0: Well-established. Tom Brady sucks.
1: Ah, Jameis is just, my God, what a guy. Yep. I just, I don't know. I mean,
0: there's the part of it where you see somebody, you see a player that is at a great value, and you kind of have to think to yourself, like, why is Chris Godwin being, why is Chris Goblin available in the 10th round? Maybe there's something I should actually look at and, like, there are red flags that I should probably,
1: you know, take into account. Uh, you're drafting wrong if Chris Godwin is going to be available in the 10th round. But he's going at round seven right now. That's great. That's awesome. And you know Mike Evans is going to be dealing with your outside corners. Chris Godwin going to be nice and tucked on the inside. going to be your underneath option for Baker Mayfield or whomever the hell the quarterback is going to be at whatever point during the season for the Bucs. Godwin's interesting. Godwin is definitely interesting. My wide receiver twenty three at the moment, and let me just look at him in the ranks. The ranks he is. The consensus has him as the wide receiver nineteen in full in full point PPR. So the 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 the, the experts are way higher on Godwin than the public is, way higher.
0: And that's interesting. That's I'm, interesting. Gonna move, I'm gonna move him up. That's really interesting. Why? What
1: do they know that wanna, we don't? I'm going to move up Godwin. I'm going to move up Godwin. I'm going to move up Evans. I'm going to move them both up.
0: What do they know that we don't about Chris Godwin and Mike Evans that they're higher than the public?
1: You mean me? Because I am and I am an expert.
0: I am. Yeah. Yes, expert. Bird. You, you you specifically. What do you know about
1: Chris Godwin and Mike Evans that we I just don't? told you? I just told you everything. Okay. Now it's up. Now it's up to you. Now it's up to you to either take my advice or don't. Okay, good to know. I'm just here to report. I, I'm I am here to bring good content to the people. Yes. Well, last but not least, short segment.
0: This offense is barely good enough to hold, uh, like two receivers and a running back. I just don't think that you're going to be, uh, rostering a tight end on the Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Buccaneers, no matter how
1: good Kate Otten was last year. Just go into the go go into the outro. No.
0: Yeah. There we go.
1: Nope. Absolutely not. Well, thank you for listening to
0: this episode of the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Final episodes of you get Your Podcast. For my co-host at Salt, I'm Adam Caster. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.